through these holes I can be made whole I can be, I can be, yeah I didn't know, didn't know Through these holes, through these holes Hey people and welcome, it's your girl Nyamka and this is Made Whole. So this episode we've got my brother James who's going to share his testimony with us. So I hope you enjoy and be blessed. Take it away James. Thank you. Um, yeah, so boy, where do I start? Well yeah, my name's James. Um, I've been a Christian for nine, going on ten years, uh, born again Christian. Um, I gave my life to to Jesus back in 2012. Um, that's when you know I prayed and I was born again. Before that, um, I'll try and take it back to kind of my childhood. You know, I'm of Jamaican heritage. Both my parents are Jamaican. Um, so growing up, we went to church. You know, they 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 took us to church. Um, I'm from a family of six. Ultimately, um, it's a bit of a blended family. So my dad um, has a daughter or had a daughter from his first marriage. Uh, my mum, when she met my dad, already had two kids from previous relationships. Um, so that's a brother and a sister of mine. And then when my parents met, uh, they had three of us together. So six of us in total. Five of us grew up together. And yeah, you know, the five of us um went to church our parents took us to church but i'd say when when each of us got to let's say the early teens kind of 13 14 we were kind of left to decide whether or not we would go to church with our parents if you see the difference so everything up to about 14 we were taken you, you know sunday morning you get up get dressed you, you know you were told what to do you got to about 13 14 and it was like okay we're going to church are you coming and it was, we were still, uh, you know, we were still encouraged, but it wasn't so much. We had a bit more of a choice. So we all kind of got to that age and just, yeah, kind of stopped going, drifted off a bit, went out, went out into the world. I'd say barring, barring one, barring my youngest sister, because um, she got saved when she was about 14. But um, so, yeah, like, like, like my siblings, I got to that age, kind of 13, 14 stopped going to church um yeah i'm just gonna i'm kind of just gonna say it raw and uncut do you know what i mean I, I don't i don't mean to be crude but one of the first significant things for me this is upon hindsight it was round about that age 13 14 i discovered pornography um i must have stumbled across it on I don't know, channel five or something stupid like that at the time i thought wow like what's this do you know what i mean um but you know, pornography being being what it is, um, you know, it, it definitely sunk its claws into me at that age. But anyway, you know, I thought it was normal. Um, some of my friends at the time, you know, we'd kind of snigger and laugh and joke about it. And, you know, we'd kind of share tapes and magazines. It was, it was, you know, yeah, we were sort of kids experimenting with this stuff. Um, but one thing that did start happening in me at that age as well was obviously watching porn going through those hormonal changes um 
I, I, I started to kind of get very sort of promiscuous urges. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, and I, and I want to say that early because it, it plays a big part of my story. So anyway, fast forward a bit now. I'm, I'm like 15, 16. And one of my sisters, um, you know, she comes home one day and she's like, I'm a Christian. I'm like, what? And she's like, literally, and my family, you know, we're all, we've all got big characters. <laughs> you know, we've all got big characters. So she comes home one day and she's like, I'm a born again Christian. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she she just starts telling us about Jesus, how we need Jesus, how we need um, we need to pray for forgiveness. We need we need to give our lives to Jesus. And if we don't, then we're going to die and we're going to go to hell and it's hellfire and we're going to burn and we're sinners. And it's just like it's funny because at the time it's stuff we had heard because we grew up in church, but now it was live and direct. It was straight in our face. And I remember like scenes in, in our in our house, just these massive debates and arguments. And at first it was kind of, you know, my big sister, well, my second big sister on one side of the room and then the four of us on the other side. And then as that year went by, so we're talking about 1999, as that year kind of progressed, that number, it went from her by herself to her and, you know, my big brother, one of my big brothers to her and um, my big brother and then my youngest sister. So, you know, the gospel was, it was having an, it was having an impact in my family. But so, yeah, I would have been about 17 or so, 18 after hearing just this, this message, this gospel, this get saved and I just kept saying, no, 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 no. And I, you know, I had my arguments, my reasoning, but what was going on inside, and I can admit it now, I I wanted to live life my way. I wanted to go out, I wanted to have fun. Um, yeah, I wanted to be promiscuous, um, you know, kind of girls and that party lifestyle was a big thing for me. Um, you know, I was into hip hop quite a lot. And while I was into hip hop quite heavily, um, and I'm not blaming hip hop as such, but, you know, it's part of the lifestyle. You know, I was into hip hop and obviously I was still kind of watching porn and I was like, yeah, no, nah. but I, obviously I didn't say that. I was just like, I had all these other reasons and all these other excuses and all these other argumentations, but deep down, and I knew it, um, I wanted to be promiscuous. I wanted to party. I'd started drinking when I was about 15. So, you know, alcohol played a part as well. I wanted to party and I was just like, if I become a Christian, I'm not going to be able to have all this fun I want to have in my way sort of thing. Um, but my parents, because they, because they, they, they raised us in church, um, I did have a sense of morality. Um, I did believe that there, there, that there is a God, uh, you know, I've maintained that belief. Um, as, as, as heathenous <laughs> as I was, I always believed in the existence of God. Um, so yeah, fast forward now. And actually, so yeah, fast forward to, to, to when I'm about 19. So as my siblings got saved and became Christian and born again and stuff, I would go to concerts, I would go to weddings, um, just with them, you know, to kind of check out the church and, you know, yeah, like check out the concerts and stuff. And 
I remember every time I heard the message, the altar calls, I know them now as altar calls, I guess. Then it was just the message or the preaching. My heart would beat real hard. And it felt it felt personal. It felt like, you know, the preacher was talking to me and, you know, what he was saying was so true. But I kept resisting, kept resisting. So one time I was in a concert, I was about 19 years old. And uh, so this is like three years after uh, my, my, my first sister, um, when well, my sister first got saved. I'm sat in this concert and I hear the message being preached, this, this, this altar call thing. And I remember just in my heart, I, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't vocalize it, but I said, you know what, God, no. And in that moment, it's like something left me. I remember just feeling this sense of coldness. But to me, I was just like, finally, that, that heaviness is gone. And I thought it was freedom. I remember this was just all going on inside. It was all going on sort of in my heart and in my mind. I was just like, my heart's not beating anymore. So now I can just I can just live my life my way. Um, so yeah, you know, and in between, yeah, let's say 18, 19, you know, I started kind of having girlfriends and having sex and things like that. And, and, and I thought, yeah, you know, my life is kind of going the way I want. At least that's what I thought. Um, but deep down, I was, I felt lost. I felt quite lost. Um, I had a lot of frustration. Um, you know, I had all kinds of, even at that age, I had identity issues and, and, and you know, because I grew up in Jamaica for some time. So when I came back from Jamaica, I was about um, six, seven years old suffered quite a lot of racism um, at primary school. You know, kids would try and hit me and try and beat me up and they'd call me names. And But I internalized a lot of that. Um, I didn't realize it so much at the time, but as I got older, there was this anger, you know, and I, and I felt um, I kind of carried this burden of rejection. And for all my... You know, I make light of it now, but at the time it was it was a thing for me for all my um, sort of promiscuous pursuit pursuits. I just I was never very good at it. <laughs> Too shy to chat girls up and had you know <laughs> you know I've got quite bad eczema, so I had all these like identity issues and self esteem issues, but I had these urges and I was watching porn and do you know what I mean? So. Inside, I was just a bit of a mess. Um, I was just a bit of a mess, but I thought, no, if I can just push through and sort myself out and, you know, sort my skin out and sort out these these issues, then I'll be fine. I'll get a couple of girls and I'll just do my thing and, 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 and do you know what I mean? So that was kind of it, really, in, in, in kind of into my 20s. I remember um, I'd sort of been in a few relationships, you know, got in got into one relationship, you know, it ended badly. She kind of, you know, broke my heart, quote unquote. And then that that pushed me even more towards this this idea of being promiscuous. Because my parents, they were they were married until they passed away. You know, they passed away only a few years ago, but they were married. So I knew what a marriage looked like. And I think before, especially before I was sexually active, I wanted to get married because I saw that's what my parents did. 
And I thought, yeah, this this is what a man and a woman does. You know, this is what a man and a woman do. You know, they, they, they get married, they have a family and so on and so forth. So I had that desire. But the porn coupled with my own sort of promiscuity, it all got twisted. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and, and the more I got into that lifestyle, the more I wanted it. Um, so, yeah, into my early 20s now, um, you know, I'm with a girl. We would go in steady, quote unquote. Um, but again, I've got all these urges, I've got all these issues, and I'm, you know, I, I'm sort of wanting to be with other girls and, and sow the wild oats, as they say. And I was just, I was so conflicted. I was so conflicted. And I did have a sense of having run from God or having ran from God. I had a, 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 still a small sense of that. But you know, that time when I was 19, I thought, yeah, you know, this God thing is gone. I'm free. So the relationship I was in at the time was quite toxic because um, I had my issues. You know, she had quite a uh, rocky past as well. You know, there was a divorce in the family and different bits and pieces. And um, if I remember correctly, she was she was a Christian at one point. She she turned away, you know. Obviously, yeah, we, we call that backsliding. Um, she had turned away from the faith, had come back into sort of the world and the lifestyle, and then met me. And there I am with all, all my issues. And <laughs> so, you know, it, it was really toxic, very emotional, very emotionally charged. Um, my anger issues, you know, her hang up from the past. And, we were on and off like that for six years, you know, sort of on and off, on and off. And I remember um, I got to about 24 and um, I was depressed. I, rem I remember being depressed. It was just this real heavy, dark feeling. Everything just felt gray all the time, um, regardless of what I did. Um, at the time, I was working full time. You know, I was um, pursuing my music career. You know, I'm a rapper, still rap today. But at that time, any time between the age of 20 up until about 24, you know, let's say 25, 26, I was actively pursuing a career uh, while working full time. So I was putting music out. I was doing shows. I was doing a lot of MC battling. And that was that was my meal ticket. You know, I kind of flopped school because I was an idiot, just made bad decisions, was lazy, switched off academically. Um, it's ironic because I'm a teacher now, but that's a, <laughs> that's for later in the story. But um, so, yeah, you know, flopped school in this toxic relationship, working full time, pursuing music. Music wasn't working out. Hated my job. Was frustrated with my, let's say, academic failures you know, still had my hangups and issues about porn and, and, but at the time, it's funny, like, I didn't see porn as an issue. I thought, well, this is what men do, you know, so I would, I would consume it, um, I'd say semi-regularly. I didn't think it was a problem, um, you know, and yeah, sort of started being unfaithful to my girlfriend, um, you know, started sort of messing around and doing different bits and pieces and it got really messy it got really toxic and so yeah I sort of hit 24 and I was depressed I remember I just feeling this heaviness um you know it's funny because 
it, you know, I think you said it in a text, like whatever God puts on your heart to share, share, you know, every time I tell my, my, my testimony, it's like something else comes to mind. I haven't said this before, but I, I'm just going to say it. Um, so yeah, I was about 24, maybe 25 ish. And I remember the relationship was, it got really, it got heated. It got really sort of toxic and it was, it was bad. And I had all these issues and, I remember one night we were arguing. Um, we were arguing. It was it was it was proper heated and not violent. You know, I'm, thank God I've I've never been that way towards women. Um, but really heated, a lot of shouting, a lot of screaming. And it was during that phase when I was quite depressed. And um, I remember I went to the kitchen. We were living in a studio flat at the time. I went to the kitchen. I took a knife, and I said, "You know what? I'm done." And I put the knife to my wrist and I actually, I, I actually tried to take my life. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, just all the years of frustration and the, you know, the toxicity of the relationship and, you know, feeling like a failure, feeling quite lost. Um, yeah, I actually tried to take my life. Um, in hindsight, it, I didn't give it, obviously it didn't work, thank God. But even at the time, you know, looking back, I realized I didn't give it the full, I, you know, I didn't proper go for it. But the intent was there, you know, the knife, you know, fully made contact with my wrist. Um, and I remember I didn't draw blood, but my wrist went cold and I got, I got the shock of my life. And I realized, oh, my gosh, I almost took my life. You know, and that's when I realized, okay, I need to change. Um, so I started, uh, I got counseling. Um, I got counseling um, and that helped with the depression. That kind of helped with just sorting out my mind a little bit. And I kind of got back on my feet. Um, God still wasn't in the picture, but kind of got back on my feet. Um, was, was still with the, the girl that I was with. But then after I got back on my feet and started to feel a bit better, you know, some of the issues, the issues started coming back. Um, but it was different. It was almost like, you know what? I'm just going to be the person I, I, I really want to be, quote unquote. Um, to fast forward a bit now, um, I became very unfaithful to the girl I was with. Um, started really messing around with someone else. I left her, you know, I, I left her out in the cold. It was, what I did was cold. Um, left her out in the cold and just kind of went off into this, because by now I built up quite a lot of confidence. It's, it was just, that's what I'm saying. It was it's such a weird, weird um, paradox, because there I am conflicted, broken issues, insecurities, but then on the outside, I'm a rapper, I'm confident, and I get to my mid-20s and I can talk to girls now and all these different things. Um, so, yeah, you know, left that relationship. Um, and at that stage, I was the most distant from God I, I ever was. Because um, in all my madness, up until about my mid-20s, I remember I used to pray at night. You know, most nights I'd say a little prayer, you know, just to kind of, uh, you know, as I was it, 
As I lay me down to go to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. That was my prayer for years, every night, well, most nights. You know, even I, I could come in drunk. I could have, you know what I mean? I could have been on a mad one. I'd still say that little prayer, but I got to about 25, 26, out of the relationship, distant from God, really just trying to go for it with this whole drinking party lifestyle, um, still pursuing the music. Um, the music didn't work out. I got really frustrated with with kind of my life circumstances, my financial situation, and I said, right, I'm going back into education. You know, I'm going to sort my life out. So um, I enrolled at college because I don't have A levels. I knew I wanted to go to university, so I enrolled at college. I did an access course, and that got me. Um, that gave me access, you know, to university. So got myself to university. I was about 27 at this at this time. So it's about 2010, and in, in my way, at that time, I thought, yeah, th this is it. This is the path. I just need to sort myself out, you know, get my education on track, get a good job, you know, stop messing around, stop trying to mess around with girls and just settle myself down. And I, I'd started getting on that path, you know, sort of late 20s now. And I think generally when you hit that age, uh, many people I've spoken to, we can relate. Do you know what I mean? You kind of you hit your late twenties and you're like, right, let me let me sort myself out. If you haven't already, do you know what I'm saying? Um, so I started trying to do it in my own way. Um, I'm proud of some of the decisions I made at that time, uh, especially to to go to university and to um, to get my education on track. And you know, I studied French with English language, um, had an amazing time, lived in France for a year. Met a very nice girl at university, um, started up a relationship, was going steady, you know, I was behaving myself <laughs> after all my madness. Um, so then, as all of that was going on, there, there was an uncle of mine who I was kind of in contact with. He lived here. I came back from Jamaica in the early 90s. He came shortly after me. He lived with us. Um, and he went like maybe after about six months a year and he actually went to barbados uh, married married a, a bajan woman settled there we stayed in contact throughout the years we, at first we would sort of send letters and then it'd be phone calls and stuff like that and so fast forward now sort of 20 what would it have been? Early 2010. So this is before I started university. He said, look, man, you know, we've been talking for years. You've got a bit of money now. Come and see me. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do that. And I hadn't seen him for probably, yeah, for about 20 years. This is early 2010. So after I finished college, just before I started uni, around about that Easter, that summer, um, I went to Barbados for about, you know, seven, seven to 10 days, something like that. And saw my uncle, had an amazing reunion. Um, I've got a cousin who, at that time, he was in his early 20s. Just had an amazing time, had an amazing time. Um, and the reunion with my uncle, it was, it, was, it, was, it was strong because even though we hadn't seen each other for 20 odd years, 
the bond was still really strong and seeing him you know really brought that to life you know so had a great time came back and just felt refreshed you know i just finished college had an amazing time in barbados just about to start uni i thought yeah you know this is life and my uncle and i talked about you know him coming here me going there and it was kind of this this um big reunion and by that time both my parents were christian and four of my siblings were christians so i i really felt like a bit of a black sheep you know and i wasn't as close with my fifth uh, sibling we you know we have we had a relationship but i wasn't as close with her so i really felt like the black sheep of my family um but seeing my uncle and my cousin you know they weren't christians and they drank and da, da, da. so i felt that i had kind of really connected with them on that level you know i can really be that myself around them and we can drink together and laugh together and crack jokes and blah 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 so i was really excited about the prospects of just investing in, in those relationships don't get me wrong i you know always loved my family they've always loved me you know i was ne i was never made to feel like an outcast but just me and my own issues i felt that way and especially because of the lifestyle i was living um so anyway 2010 september i'm at uni meet this new girl start up a relationship and things are going good um sort of towards the end of 2010 we we become an item still kind of chatting to my uncle we're sort of half planning our next trip or our next link up um but then he, he collapsed one day um yeah he collapsed one day and i think it was my auntie or my cousin phoned me and they said look he's got cancer and it's pretty it's yeah it's quite advanced the doctors don't know what to do um, we're going to start chemo immediately but it's yeah it's quite advanced we don't know what the chances are so they started key he started chemo put it this way i saw him in april 2010 he collapsed in july 2010 he was dead by march 2011 um yeah and as as quickly and as as strong and as powerful as that reunion was it's the same way my heart was torn out even now i'm welling up a bit thinking about it um yeah it was devastating man it was it was devastating and it was the first time in my life i i had lost somebody that i considered dear to me you know older relatives had passed away and people that my mum knew and people that my dad knew and but this was the first time in my life i was about yeah i would have been roughly 28 or something like that um that i had lost somebody personally dear to me um and it rocked my world it completely just it just rocked my world i remember i went to the funeral um came back and i just felt this sadness it was so heavy like everything you know earlier i said i went through a phase where everything felt gray now i was going through at that time after my uncle's death and coming back from the funeral i was going through a phase where everything felt black um nothing could lift my spirits no music no drink no parties nothing i felt heavy 
it felt dark, it felt cold. And I remember one day um, I was I was at home where I was living at the time and I was um, renting a room. And I woke up and it was literally like my mind just split. And all the issues, stuff I bottled up for years, it just, it just went, it's like, you know, like you crack an egg and it all just starts to run. That was happening in my mind. Just violence, uh, pain, trauma, fear, darkness, death, sin, everything. It was just spilling in my mind. It was just running and spilling and it was, nothing was clear. It was just confusion. Um, and I was... I was seriously afraid for my mental health. Like, seriously. I thought, oh my gosh, I've lost my mind. And I don't think I'm going to make it back. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how, but I managed to hold it together. You know, I, I remember I had uni that morning. I got myself up after having, uh, I don't know, some kind of fit, some kind of breakdown. I don't even, to this day, I can't even really describe it. I got myself up, I got myself ready, went to uni. But this went on for weeks I, because after that incident, um, I I just became incredibly anxious. And I remember, I'll rewind a little bit, I remember around about the time of the breakdown, because um, that's pretty much what it was, I was having a mental breakdown. I think the night after, it kind of happened again and then I called my sister the one who got saved all those years ago she was the first person I called and I was crying down the phone bawling my eyes out and I said you know I, I don't know what's happening to me I'm afraid you know I, I think I'm losing my mind and she encouraged me um, she sort of prayed for me a little bit and she said hey look man it's gonna be okay um, so yeah Life kind of went on, and, and, and at that time, one of my brothers was a pastor. Um, so, you know, he came to see me, and again, just I remember he said to me, actually, he said, look, this has happened, and obviously, you know, you, you've lost your uncle and different bits and pieces, but maybe God's trying to use this to get your attention. And I thought about it, and he said, look, you know, when you go home, just just pray and just really try and connect with God. So I, I went home after seeing my brother that time and I prayed and I said, <laughs> and I'm smiling because, yeah, it's a funny story. I said, God, if you heal me, I'll give you my life. And I went from being broken, anxious, confused, in fear of my mental health, in fear of my life almost, to bang, back on my feet. It was literally within the space of about a week. And I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm healed, I'm fine. But I had forgotten the other half of the prayer. So I didn't give God my life. I went back to the club, back to the bar, back on the drink, you know, just back to how I was living, you know. Um, not as crazy as before, not as crazy as before. Um, I wasn't that bad compared to some people I know, but, <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, yeah, sort of, yeah, just kind of back to how I was living. And 
life was okay again. Life was fine. I was at uni. I'd made all these new friends. I've got this new girlfriend. I'm learning all these things. I love learning. You know, I, I discovered how much of a nerd I actually am. But I was just, I was loving life. You know, my cousin then came from Barbados and we had an amazing time. And so fast forward now, we're talking late. So yeah, my uncle died um, March 2011. Um, I went through that breakdown and everything that took me up until about May 2011. Um, God, I would say God did that miracle um, in sort of early summer 2011, had an amazing summer, went on holidays with the girlfriend and blah, blah, blah. My cousin came and had an amazing time. And then I remember it was like round about November um, 2011. Um, some stuff was happening in the family. And I remember standing in the kitchen, I was living back with my parents at this time, just to save a bit of money as a student. And um, there was some stuff going on in the family and I just felt the blackness come, it came back. And this time it was, it was worse. You know, I became an insomniac, I couldn't sleep. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't concentrate for a second, you know, just some of the, 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 images in my mind, you know, just real violent, vile, frightful stuff, dark stuff. Um, and I really thought, man, I'm gonna, and again, I don't say this uh, to disrespect anybody or because I know everyone has their circumstances, but I really thought I was gonna, you know, sort of end up on psychotic medication, uh, perhaps in a you know, in a, a you know, in a hospital for 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 ill mental health. I, that's where I thought I was going, and it frightened the life out of me because the things that were going through my mind were just so so dark, so twisted, so. And then it started feeling like urges to do things. It was it was frightening, man. Um, you know, suicidal thoughts and everything, and that coupled with the not sleeping and all my past issues, I was a mess. But outside i still i don't i think now i can only say it was probably the grace of god because i managed to hold it together i still managed to get myself to uni i was working at the time um, you know and i thank god i didn't do anything crazy but my mind was a mess so i remember i fast forward now into 2012 you know so that break that kind of second wave of the breakdown happened in uh, kind of november 2011 and then I just wasn't sleeping. I didn't sleep for months. I might sleep one night and then weeks I wouldn't sleep. And then I'd sleep two nights and then weeks I wouldn't sleep. And that happened for months. Fast forward now till about March 2012, um, early March 2012. And I was just in despair. I felt hopeless. I was broken. I was anxious. Um, I wasn't even depressed. It was just, I was just like, I'm done. I'm done. I've got nothing left. I've, I fought and I fought and I just thought I've got nothing left. And I didn't sleep. I hadn't slept for days. And I went downstairs one Sunday morning and I said, I said, mum, you know, my mum was alive at this time. I said, mum, I don't know what's going on, but I'm, I'm a mess. I can't cope. And she said, you know what? Just go to church with your sister. You know, it was so, that's like, <laughs> I wish I had a, a, you know, a session to tell you about my mum, but it was so kind of, it was, it was, 
it was loving and it was warm, but it was so blase at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Mum was a really was a, a unique character. She was like, just go to church with your sister. So I called my sister, and um, she's like, okay, yeah, you know, get ready and make your way down, or, or I'll pick you up. I said, no, I'll just get the bus because I only lived up the road at the time. So no, I made my way to her house, and then we drove there. So um, I'm sat in church now. This is March 2012, um, and um, Pastor Brown, Pastor Brown was preaching. And you know, people say, oh, I don't know what he was saying. I know what he was saying. <laughs> um, some of the quotes that really hit me um, was, I remember he said, there's no rest for the wicked. And I thought, yeah, that's me. I'm out here running around trying to live this, this wild life and I'm not resting, I'm not sleeping. I'm, in, I'm now an insomniac. Um, but the one that really got me, he said, because um, the, the sermon was titled, um, not loving the present. And he was talking about one of the things he talked about was, um, he called it what happens to the what might have been. And he used um, the, uh, the passage in Matthew where the rich young ruler approaches Jesus and he's like, you know, hey, Lord, um, what do I need to do to enter heaven? And, you know, don't murder, honor your father and mother, honor your father and mother. Don't steal, don't commit adultery. And the young ruler's like, well, I already, I've been doing that since I was a kid. So what else do I need to do? And he's like, and Jesus turns to him and says, well, sell all that you have and come and follow me. And it says, you know, the rich young ruler went away sad or sorrowful. And then Pastor Brown was saying, that is a classic what might have been. We never know his story. Like he just, he just vanished into obscurity. Because, you know, he, he was holding on to his present riches. And I saw myself as, as a potential classic what might have been. You know, after having gone through all of my madness up until my mid-20s, you know, the, the issues, the porn, the promiscuity, the depression, the suicide attempt, the toxic relationship to then getting myself into uni, new girlfriend, new lease of life, new friends, and then bang, this crash, this darkness, this, 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 you know, fear of losing my mind. I was just like, what if I just become a what might have been? What if I just vanish? And that's what got me. That's, that's when I said to myself, okay, you know what? You know what, God, like, I don't, I don't know about this Jesus thing. I've seen my siblings um, get married and or get saved, um, do things for God, go out and witness and share the gospel and, one of my brothers was a pastor and, you know, my sisters were very active in the ministry and they, you know, they seemed stable. They seemed happy. And I could only accredit it to this Jesus that they kept talking about. So I said, OK, you know what, God, I don't know everything. I don't know anything, but I'm just going to try. I'm going to try Jesus. And I got up um, to go to the front to pray. And I remember even to this day, it was like something was pulling me back it felt like something was physically pulling me back and I had to kind of jolt and, you know, and, and really make an effort just to walk to the altar. And um, I knelt down and I prayed, you know, I prayed. I said, you know, God, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Uh, come into my heart. Um, I know you died for my sin. You know, um, forgive me for my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my saviour. 
and I, I remember I opened my eyes and again, I just broke, but this time it was just tears. It was almost like a release of all the pain now. And I felt, I was, ex I was describing it to someone the other day, I just felt a warmth. I, f I remember I looked up and it was almost like the ceiling was opened and the sky opened and there was just this light. Um, I didn't see it visually, but it, it felt like that's what I saw, if that, if that makes sense. Um, and it was warm and it was inviting and it was, it was hopeful. And after having not slept for months, I went home and that night I slept like a baby. Honestly, um, I slept like a baby and I felt so free. And I thought, right, this is, this is it. This is okay. This, Jesus is real. He's real. And, and, you know, I've, I've, I've found hope and, and yeah, you know, um, one thing I can say, and I've had my ups and downs, even as a Christian, I've never looked back. I have never looked back. And I remember my brother-in-law said to me, he said, remember this this moment at the altar and let this be a reference point and i've done that i i took that to heart and every time i've kind of wobbled a bit and you know my old life seemed a bit tempting i i took what he said what he said would come to my mind and i'm just like no i'm not going back i'm not going back um because i had felt like the world had chewed me up and spat me out. I felt like I'd given myself to the rapping, the girls, the parties, the alcohol, the promiscuity. I'd just given myself. I wanted it so badly. And the world and the devil, you know, they 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 was like, yeah, come, come. And they chewed me up. They chewed me up. They sucked me dry. And then they just spat me out and laughed at me. That's how I felt. Um, so I was just like, no, I'm not going back. I don't care how tempting it is. I'm not going back. And I just held, I, I held on. I remember um, one, one time in particular, um, because that's the thing, like this time God didn't heal me like that. So I was still suffering mentally, but it was almost like a test. It was almost like a test. And being nine, 10 years down the line, I'm glad it happened that way because I had to contend. I had to pray. I had to believe. I had to fast. Um, I had to like dig into scripture. I was contending. And in that, um, I feel that God really, you know, he, 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 he planted some deep things in me, man. Some really deep things and some deep convictions um, again, we all wobble. We all make our mistakes. We have our ups and downs, even as Christians. But God planted some deep things in me, man. And if I can say one thing um, about how I've conducted my relationship with God, I know that I know that I know I am never going back to the world. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. And it was in that time, that was the first instance where I realized, okay, God, you're real. I don't get everything. I don't understand everything. I don't even know if I agree with everything because of my ignorance, but I know you're real and I, you have my life. It's yours. So 
So, yeah, I remember one time um, where I was kind of still suffering uh, mentally, emotionally. Um, I'm bawling my eyes out and I'm thinking, God, you know, I'm a Christian now and I've given you my life. Why, why didn't you just heal me? And I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm on the floor. And I said, you know what, God? Even if I might not be running, I might not be walking, I might not even be crawling, I might just be looking at you. But as long as I can do even that, that's what I'm going to do. I'm keeping my eye fixed on you. And I'll keep coming towards you. I'll keep drawing closer to you. That is my life's mission. Um, and, you know, by the grace of God, you know, to this day, almost 10 years down the line, I've, I've, I've managed to, to, to stay true to that. Um, so, yeah, massive fast forward now. Um, you know, so the girl I was with, we got married. Uh, she became a Christian about five months after me. Um, our relationship got a bit rocky and, you know, uh, it got it got very challenging. But then she, you know, for her own reasons, um, decided to give her life to Christ as well. And because we were studying together, you know, we met at uni and stuff. And so, yeah, she became a Christian. And then fast forward again, we get married and things are looking really hopeful. Um, you know, we're living life, you know, we're, we're, we're new Christians, we're newly wed, you know, we, we, uh, we're kind of living life, we're enjoying life, the ups and the downs, but, you know, we're, we're, we're taking it as it comes. So at this time, a few things were going on. Um, you know, I had gotten to a point where I'd finally sort of become a teacher. So I'd, I'd, I'd done my teacher training. It was a grueling year um, for me, um, for our, for, you know, the marriage and you know, for her as well. It, it took a lot out of me, it took a lot out of us at the time. Um, but she was very supportive. She was very supportive um, every step of the way. You know, she really had my back. Um, but I, I still had my issues. You know, I still had, you know, the porn. Porn was still an issue. Um, it was, it was, it was an addiction. Um, it was, it was, um, it was, it was like a, a release valve when things got, when I got really stressed out and, you know, again, I'd kind of crawl into that regret and that hole and that despair, porn was kind of the release valve. And, you know, again, I don't say this to disrespect anyone. I wasn't a raging addict. You know, it never got me into debt. Um, it never, uh, you know, or anything like that, I, I, you know, but it was there. It was it was there. It was present. Um, it had an effect on on my marriage, um, and I, I was always trying to sort it out in prayer, in fasting, in 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 different bits and pieces. I was always trying to sort it out, um, but it was having an effect on the marriage, um, and I think as well where I just given myself to my career, um, which in and of itself is not it, it, it it's not evil. It's not bad, but it got to a point and, and, you know, my now ex-wife um, told me years later that she felt neglected. You know, I'd, I'd in the, especially in the early stages of my career, I'd given myself so much to it um, that she felt neglected. So I'd given myself to my career. She had given herself to supporting me, but her needs weren't being met. Um, that's how she felt. She explained that years later. But um, so anyway... Life ups and downs, porn, teaching, blah. 
and then we got to a point where we were married um, for about four years and she had her ups and downs too you know but for the sake of privacy I, I won't go into that um so we're married for about four years um as challenges and as challenging as, as as i perhaps was i'll say one thing i was always trying to make an effort you know i'd listen and and, and I'd, I'd, I'd sincerely try to make an effort to, to get better and to improve and to overcome the porn and to be more attentive to her needs and all the rest of it and um but she woke, it's almost like she woke up one day and she said, I'm done. And I said, well, what do you mean? Like, where's this come from? She was just like, I'm done. And, she, you know, that was, um, that was summer 2018. So we're talking like June 2018. And yeah, she, from that day, um, she basically just, you know, the relationship broke down completely. She completely checked out. Um, and she, you know, few few weeks later, she was just like, I want a divorce. And, you know, she, um, yeah, she, she held true to that. And she did what she needed to do to, to, to get a divorce. Um, and again, I'm not saying this because I deserve a trophy or anything, but... Um, when it got, when it got, when she, cause she moved out, obviously, um, about six months later. So kind of December, 2018, she moved out and I found myself, um, broken, crying on the floor in darkness again. But I said, you know what, God, I'm going to hold on. I said, I'm, I know what to do now. So I'm just going to hold on. I'm going to pray. I'm going to dust off my Bible because <laughs> I'd been inconsistent. Do you know what I mean? I'd been inconsistent with my prayers. I'd been inconsistent with my devotional time. Um, I'd, I'd been inconsistent as a Christian. And I think inconsistency was one of the, uh, one of the curses over my life, really, um, in other areas as well uh, and in my Christianity. And I said, okay, you know what, God? I'll walk around saying, oh, I'm you know, a big-time Christian. And I'll witness to you and I'll be on outreach and blah, but I'm not even praying and reading my Bible consistent, consistently. I was like, no, okay, I'm going to take you more seriously, God, and I'm going to take myself more seriously as a Christian. I'm going to read this Bible and I'm going to pray every day. And it might be five minutes, it might be an hour, but I'm, I'm going to be consistent. And I did that and I held on. And again, you know, now it's sort of, it was 2019. I was separated. Um my then wife you know she she had made up her mind and she was living her new life um she had no interest in she showed no interest in in, in us reuniting um you know she was living her new life and it was hard it was hard and 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 the funny thing is or the the the, the, the unfortunate thing is back in june 2018 when she first told me she she was done and she kind of wanted a separation and, and and stuff about two weeks later my mum died um yeah so my dad died in 2015 um you know he had dementia and, and we kind of saw it coming so we we braced ourselves 
you know, and, and you know, my dad was a Christian, um, you know, so there was a confidence there. You know what? He's gone home and at least he's not suffering. But with my mum, she really struggled with her faith. And and generally speaking, I I I always wanted to be much closer to my mum. Because um, in many ways, I see myself like my mum. You know, we have a similar temperament, a similar kind of, um, similar kind of sense of humour and all kinds of different things. So I always wanted to be closer to my mum because I felt I could relate to her so much. But she, you know, as I said, she struggled with her faith. She struggled badly with alcohol, badly. You know, she, she was an alcoholic. Um, and it, that barrier made it difficult for me to get close to her. Um, but when she died, um, it was painful. It was, it was really, really painful, uh, especially on an emotional level. Because um, I went to see her and I actually found her dead. Um, yeah, so that coupled with my wife at the time saying, I don't want to be with you anymore. It was like two guns, man. Bang, bang. So I'm, I'm there I am, broken. I'm on the floor. I'm crying. I'm in pain. My wife's gone. My mom's gone. I said, you know what, Jesus? I'm just going to hold on. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to trust you. And wow, man. Honestly, like, just wow. Just it was the word I use is it was a revolution. It was, it was literally a revolution. I, I felt, you know, the Bible talks about um, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's one of my favorite verses because I, I literally feel like God, it's not even feel like God renewed me. He renewed me. Um, my mind, my heart, my desires, my convictions, um, that curse of porn was broken. Uh, it was, it was, I brought the, listen, <laughs> Jesus broke the chains and I picked up the pieces and I dashed them and then God threw them into the sea of forgetfulness. And, and you know, and it, it's just been, it, it, and even to this day, um, you know, and I still have my ups and downs, <laughs> but God is, God has just been amazing. He has been amazing. And as dark as that time was, it, it's like you take the intensity of that darkness, times it by infinity, and that's the light that God that God uh, shone into my life. It was so powerful, and it still is. Um, you know, and, and, and I make a point of including the, the divorce in particular because it was a great loss. It was a great loss, and I, I suffered emotionally. Um, I suffered um, not so much mentally because I, 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 you know, Jesus, you know, was clearly in my mind was the rock of my my life and my salvation. He was the rock. So mentally, I was stable, but emotionally, I suffered. Man, it was it was tough. Spiritually, I knew exactly where I was going. So it was just a case of really navigating those emotions and as 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 desperate as that situation could have been um and as hopeless as it could have been i say this 
if 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 I if Christianity and if Jesus Christ um, represents one thing for me, it's hope. Just hope. There's just, and I like to try and keep things simple sometimes. And you know, for anyone who's you know hearing this, or even if you've heard it before, man, Jesus represents hope. Um. Yeah, man. Like honestly, just that that time when I was those times when I was praying and reading the word, and I just felt hope. I felt I, I, there were times I'd, I'd well up with just so much hope and joy and gratitude. I'd be crying. I'd, I'd literally I'd burst out crying. I'm at home alone. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Worshiping God, and that's another thing that really was 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 uh, birthed out at that time just personal worship, you know, um, at home, in the privacy of my home, just worshiping God, singing songs and just praising him and thanking him and, 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 and expressing gratitude, making a conscious decision and effort to express gratitude. No, God, I'm not going to ask you for anything today. I'm going to thank you for everything. Um, people, opportunities, church, salvation, you know, my job, my health. I just, sometimes I just, you know, I will just thank God. I, would, I literally just thank him. And I, and I say, I'm not, I'm not asking you for nothing because look at how much you've given me. And I'll list names of people and opportunities I've had and situations he saved me from and wisdom he's given me and just his word and salvation itself. I'll just thank him and thank him and thank him and thank him. And doing things like that, um, it just, it, 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 it has made... Uh, my relationship with God and my walk with God just 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 it's been amazing it's been amazing I, I call it the beautiful struggle because the depth of it now I got to this this depth because of all the pain I've been through you know and decisions I made some of it I some of it I did it to myself do you know what I'm saying um, especially in my younger years the foolishness and the running from God and all of that but some things happened, you know, losing my mom and, and, and the breakdown of my marriage, which I was partly responsible for. Um, but all of that pain and trauma and stress and inhibitions and and, 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 and low self-esteem, all of that, it just, God showed up, man. God showed up. And, 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 and here I am today, um, still riding the wave, <laughs> still thanking God, blessed as ever. Um, and I feel filled with a new lease of life in, in, in so many ways. And I love God, man. I, I honestly, I, I love God. I thank him every day um, just for the amazing things he's done in my life. Too. Amen. <laughs> that was amazing. That was absolutely I, I went on amazing. a bit, but no, yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. I've got so much things written down here, man. Like, I think so many people just think that pornography is the norm. Mm. I think there's so many people out there that don't understand the bondage and, the, mm -hmm. and the, the foothold that the devil has on you once you start into that pornography, um, that, that, down that pornography road. I think yeah. that, and e even mild pornography, it's still not supposed to be. Oh, yeah. It still inhibits you in a certain way. Another thing that, that stood out to me was the confidence the confidence of the rapping, the confidence of that, that in the beginning you were saying like I was rubbish at it, but actually as you continued in it, the confidence grew. Mm. And it, and what what stood out to me, what I, what came to mind was when you were talking about you was you was doing the music, and we have to remember that the devil 
music is his he was the, the mm -hmm. he was the worship leader of heaven mm -hmm. like people take music lightly mm -hmm. people take music lightly people take words lightly and whether you're singing it rapping it saying it it is words and you're you're worshiping somebody either you're worshiping the devil or you're worshiping god there's no in between there's no gray area so although you 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 might not see it as worshiping the devil but you could see the effects of it by the struggles you face by the foothold it had on you the stronghold it had on you yeah i just i just thought the whole thing was amazing another thing that i want to say to people that are listening is that if any of these things resonate to you or if, or if you're in a completely different space but you just feel a bit lost call someone that you know knows jesus mm, i just dare you yes call Amen. someone that you know knows jesus because you said like you don't know why but you called your sister yeah if any of you people that are listening to this now know someone that you know believes in jesus and you're going through anything call them because i can guarantee you that you will definitely 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 have a change in your life once you allow them to speak into your life yes, and listen amen. to the gospel listen to what they have to say really really call on someone that knows jesus amen. because like yeah it's jesus is the answer like absolutely. jesus is the answer absolutely complete there, there is no other solution I, I can guarantee you you've probably tried everything um you've been through things you've tried everything mm -hmm. the drugs the alcohol the lifestyle it all looks good yeah. but it's only for a time it doesn't last forever the only thing that is eternal is god the only thing that is eternal is jesus amen amen so yeah it was it was it was an absolutely amazing 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 testimony i think there were so many men especially that go through the breakdown stage that go through the vivid the vivid images the mind battles yeah the the confusion i think so many men go through it and i think so many men are afraid to speak about it and just 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 yeah just to quickly um add in there if if i could um my experience and some men may disagree but my experience growing up as a young man we would hear things like big men don't cry you know and men don't you know we don't need to talk you know what I mean? We get it done. We get it did. And you know what I mean? And it, 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 it's not just hip hop. Um, it's, it's, it's movie culture. It's, um, you know, other music genres like rock and, and, and you know, it's in advertising. Um, it's in sport. Um, you know, and again, I'm not I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to demonize, you know, these I'm not necessarily trying to demonize like sport and this, that and the third. But we see it so much. Um there's a script written for men um, that we're not supposed to talk. You know, we're not supposed to feel emotion. We're not supposed to this. We're not supposed to that. And me personally, um, I felt a lot of that pressure. I felt a lot of that pressure. And a lot of it went against my nature. Um, I'm quite a sensitive person. Um, I'm quite an emotional person. And I, now I have no, no fear or shame in saying that. Um, emotional doesn't mean soft. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean soft. It doesn't mean you're a wimp. It doesn't mean you're a pushover. Um, you know, sensitive. Does it doesn't mean you're soft or you're, you know, you're 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 limp. It doesn't mean that. Um, you know, but for years, I tried to be the man, quote unquote, that society told me I had to be. You know, you got to be a gallus. You got to be. You got to be the funniest. You got to be the strongest. You got to be the coolest. You got to have the most money. You just got to be everything on a thousand all the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah, you, I would agree. It's, it's, I think things are changing now, um, especially with podcasts and, and, and stuff like that. And 
figures like Mike Tyson, um, you know, I love some of his work, just it, the openness and the honesty and the transparency. Um, but growing up sort of in the 90s and, and, and in the noughties, it wasn't always like that, man. It wasn't always like that for men, you know. So, yeah, like men, you know, we... we a lot of what I've been through um, has really given me just a heart for or for young men, you know, teenagers, boys, teenagers, and and men, you know, people my age and even older. You know, I I hear stories of of, of men in their mid forties, in their fifties, sixties, broken, kids all over the place. They got an addiction. They're outside the bookies, going from job to job if if they're working, uh, criminal lifestyle, violence. Man, man, that that wasn't God's that wasn't God's pattern for manhood. That's not it. I don't care how tough it looks or how I don't care. That was not God's pattern for manhood. The violence, the scars, the tattooed tears, the prison time, that was not God's pattern for manhood. And you know, we've suffered a lot of that um, because of the porn, the poison, the the promiscuity, the drugs, and the not talking, the pressure. You know, we, and sometimes we do it to ourselves. You know, I think there is an agenda. The enemy definitely has an agenda. But a lot of times we do it to ourselves. You know, it reminds me of um, um, in Genesis. I can't remember exactly the, 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 the scenario, but, you know, the word says, you know, sin is waiting for you at the door, you know, and, and you let it in and it brings death. Um. And I think that's what it is a lot of times, you know, all these temptations and all these things of the world, they're just waiting for us. Them, you know, in and of themselves, they have no power over us. Even the devil doesn't have, he can't make us do things we don't want to do. He can lay, look, he can lay all the temptations on the table, but he can't make you do it if you already don't want to do it. Do you know what I'm saying? And this is what I mean when I say a lot of times we do it to ourselves. You know, we see the temptation, we see the forbidden fruits. We're like, yep, I want some of that. And we just go for it and we find ourselves in these spirals and these traps and this darkness and, and so on. But um, yeah, so a lot of what I've been through really has just, uh, you know, it's really given me just just a heart for men, man. I'd like, you know, whenever I get an opportunity to speak to a younger man or you know, a friend or whoever, just kind of my age, I just really try to encourage them in, 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 in just, we were made in the image of God. Do you know what I'm saying? We were made in the image of God. And when you look at like Adam early in the garden, before the madness kicked off, he walked with God in the cool of the day. Do you know what I'm saying? He walked with God in the cool of the day. Like he had a purpose he was to tend to the garden. He named the animals. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he had a relationship with God. Like that's, this is more God's pattern for us. We're supposed to have purpose. We're supposed to walk with God. Um, we're supposed to lead and build things. And, and do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm going off, to, I'm going off a bit. But <laughs> that, that, actually, that actually leads on nice to my next part, to be honest, because, mm. You were saying that you're going back into music or you're going back into stuff? Is that what I heard? Well, um, well, so music music has it's, it's played it's it's played a bit of a funny role in my life because at the moment, yes, I'm sort of 
I'm active again as an MC. Um, I'm putting stuff out. I'm currently working on an album which has been mastered. I just got to do a couple videos and I'm looking to release that, God willing, very soon. If not the, the end of this year, then early next year. Um, I started up a few other bits and pieces, you know, be it being a French teacher. I've started up a YouTube channel, uh, French with Mr. Ricketts. Uh, that's more educational, but again, it's, it's hip-hop infused where I'm kind of fusing together French teaching with hip-hop and rapping and, 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 you know, doing some fun stuff. So, yeah, music is 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 is, is back in my life. It's, it's back a big part of my life. It never really left, but I'd say I came out from pursuing a career in music when I was around about 2008-9. So I would have been about 25, 26. And then when I got saved, as you said, you know, my experience of music pre-Christianity and pre-Christ, it was it was just me doing my thing, not realizing that, yeah, you know, that there were definitely some dark elements and, you know, some, you know, some demonic influences. And and again, like I always try to kind of do conscious, positive rap. But, you know, if, if it's outside of God, it's questionable. It's questionable. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to sort of go into the whole debate of, you know, what's positive, what's conscious. But you're right. You know, if it's outside of God, you do open yourself up to um, a lot of other elements and, 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 and you know, Satan himself and, and darkness and kingdom of darkness and all of that. And um, so when I got saved, I took a bit of a break. Like I'd kind of, even from listening, I just had to disconnect and just allow... God to really plant some seeds in my mind and, and do some new things in my mind. And me personally, you know, I, I enjoy all types of music, um, secular, gospel, worship music. I enjoy all types, but I do try to be, um, I do try to be wise with my listening choices. And if I'm working with people, I do work with um, secular artists. But again, I try to be wise with who I work with and it's typically friends. You know, I don't just jump on tracks with anyone. Um, the people I'm working with at the moment, um, Lab79, you know, they're people I came up with sort of on the scene back in the day. A um, couple of the guys in particular, they're like brothers. Like we've been through it. We've been to each other's weddings. You know, we've been to family funerals. You know what I'm saying? So th these men, they're like, you know, they're like my brothers, a couple of these men. So... I'm not just out here rapping with, with anyone and everyone. Uh, but me personally, music, yes, it's, it's back. I'm trying to do things. Um, I talk a lot about my faith, um, you know, about sort of this album project that's coming. I don't want to say sort of too much because I just want it to land. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is, a lot of it was written when I first got saved. Um, so you know, it's, it's quite raw and it's, it's very passionate and it's, it's very sort of Holy Spirit filled. And but it's, it's me rapping skills, wordplay, punchlines. And it's I'm excited about it. I just yeah, I just need to kind of get it done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So music. So Sorry. So if there are men out there that want to get in contact with you, because obviously I'm a woman and not everyone's going to want to speak to me. Yeah. And you've got a passion for men in particular. If there are men that are out there, what is your YouTube or what is your handles for them to get a hold of? Well, probably the, the, the best place is um, Instagram. So I've got uh, uh, Instagram. It's uh, rain underscore music. So that's R-E-A-I-N underscore M-U-S-I-Q. 
U E. So that's at rain underscore music. Um, yeah, shout me, you know, drop me a message. I'm not the most kind of tech savvy, you know, social media friendly guy, but you know, I'm trying to get my head around this stuff. You know, it's, it's 2021. It's a new time music and stuff like that is promoted and consumed through social media and stuff and streaming platforms. So yeah, shout me on there. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully connect. And I think especially if you do want to talk about some of this stuff and you feel that there isn't anyone in your circle or you don't go to a church or you're thinking about going to church or you're just curious and you, you know, you, you kind of want to vent a little bit. Um, you know, I'll try and make myself available. I can't promise, you know, um, I think there's only so much any one person can do. Um, but, you know, I've already kind of chatted with, with a couple people on social media and even prayed for some people. Do you know what I mean? And linked up with old school friends, you know, and they're like, man, I didn't I didn't know you're a Christian now. And, you know, I've tried to encourage some people in the faith and I've prayed for some people. So, um, yeah, you know, um, yeah, get in touch, man. Instagram rain underscore music yeah. brilliant so everyone knows me hopefully you've listened to my previous podcast so you can get me by email so that's revelation 1211 at yahoo.com so revelation r-e-v-e-l-a-t-i-o-n 12 the number 121211 at yahoo.com so I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I thought that was an amazing testimony. Like I said, if anything resonates with you, then drop me an email or drop James a little DM on his Insta. Um, yeah, and I hope that you are truly blessed. Please join us again um, on our next episode. Thank you. I didn't know, didn't know. Through his holes, through his holes. I can be made whole.